What is going on, Almost Canon listeners? It's me, your wonderful, wonderful host, Nicholas Willard, the one and only. And we have another guest tonight. His name is Jason Engel. He's a paranormal investigator. He does work with Pine, the Paranormal Investigators of New England. And he's pretty much had paranormal experiences throughout his entire life. Um, I got a little a little backstory for him, so I kind of know what has been going on. Uh, he's going to come on tonight and talk about it. He's going to tell us about all the, the freaky stuff that's happened to him. Um, and, and probably a little bit about what he does with Pine. So... Without further ado, Jason Engel. I know with your email that I got, it said that your paranormal experiences pretty much started from from when you were a child. Yeah, um, everything kind of started back when, you know, my earliest, one of my earliest memories actually is uh, going back to, I was probably about like six or seven years old. Um and it was actually New Year's or uh, Christmas Eve, rather. And um, I was in bed and I remember waking up and turning over and there was a ball of white light at my at my window. And I, of course, being six or seven years old, thought it was Santa Claus. <laughs> I was worried that I wasn't getting my presents because I was awake. And uh-huh. uh, as I kind of started thinking that stuff, the ball of light started like moving silently up towards the sky. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, I got to get back to bed. <laughs> I rolled back over and uh, somehow managed to get myself back to sleep. And then uh, so the next morning I woke up and uh, went and told my mom and I got the yeah, 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 you know. And uh, but years later, uh, that's kind of a, a back end of the story. Um, I actually went to her and I was like, hey, listen, I really actually saw something that night because I, I, I really it's a real memory. And um, and she was like, well, what did you see? And I described it to her and she actually all of a sudden her face got real pale and she had actually stayed in touch with, uh, we had moved away years ago, you know, from that neighborhood and she had stayed in touch with one of her friends there. And on numerous occasions after we had left, her friend had woken up in the middle of the night, you know, gone and gotten a glass of water. And she would see out of her window, these balls of light flying around power lines, going up to people's windows and all silent, no noise. Um, so she, it kind of made her, you know, think twice about, you know, Maybe, maybe she should take what I had seen seriously, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but that was one of my, my first experiences, um, in that same place. I also, um, I woke up to, uh, my room was like glowing orange, um, kind of like this reddish orange glow is the best way I can describe it. And there was this deep vibration type sound. Yeah. And, um, it was actually so soothing. I actually fell back asleep and I don't remember what happened. Um, and the last thing, one of my last memories from there that was kind of strange was uh, I remember one night I woke up and I just happened to like turn my head. And the way my bed was, was there was uh, my bedroom. There was a little hallway that went down to the other bedrooms. And then there was like I could kind of see into the living room. So in the hallway in between, there was a, a wall right next to my bedroom door. 
and I saw this dark figure and a little ball of light come through that wall and walk down the hallway. So, um, so that was actually in uh, Hamden, Connecticut. So in New England. Um, so uh, from there, um, I, you know, as a kid, I always had interest in, you know, I found myself interested in like things like Star Trek and sci-fi and, you know, all these things that had to do with aliens. And I was pretty comfortable with the idea, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And um, started asking questions about, you know, in the real world, you know, about aliens and things like that. And my my parents were not super open to it. So I got kind of shut down a lot. So I did kind of a lot of exploring on my own, you know, things mm. like that. But uh, from there, you know, I would say my next experience was actually one my mother saw. Um, I don't think my father did, but um, we actually moved eventually to New Hampshire. And we saw this light. Uh, it was actually a ship kind of coming across the sky. And um, it stopped. It almost looked like it was a satellite, but then it stopped dead in its tracks. And the light expanded out and almost to like the size of like a full moon. Um, and pretty bright as well, too. And then kind of collapsed back down and then just kept going across the sky. So don't really know what that was, but <laughs> that's yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So um, from there, do you want me to like keep going on stories or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just I wanted to when I was younger, I uh, I have no idea what this was. I always just thought it was like lightning or something. I I. And I'm pretty sure it's not a dream. I can just barely remember it. I was like in my mom's room. I had just woken up and it was light outside. And I saw this this like beam of light. I guess it looked like lightning. It was like it just came through the window very slowly. Just like me. And then it went into the fan. We had like a stand up fan yeah. in the room. And then it, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was weird. Huh, that, that's what that made me think of. Was it like a straight like Yeah, it's just straight and it didn't it just like went all the way from the window to the fan. Like it didn't it was just like one solid Yeah. But it wasn't like super fast, like a bolt of lightning. It was like really slow. I don't know. I don't think I was dreaming. Yeah. No, that's interesting. No, I actually I had an experience kind of a friend of mine and I, we had a beam of light come down onto us actually. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh it was kind of like that. It was like a straight, you know, kind of like a, just a shaft of light that came down and it was so concentrated. It didn't light up anything else. It was just right onto me and him. Um, so it was kind of strange and it was like the whitest, brightest, purest light you could like think of. And it, it, it like, it was that, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, that's interesting. Yeah. But, huh. uh, but yeah, that was, that was one of my more profound experiences actually. That was, um, right after that happened too um so my buddy i mean we, we had just hiked it was kind of like summertime this was probably back in like let's say like 2003 i believe like late spring early summer and um was at a place called kimball pond in dunbarton new hampshire um it, we had had some kind of weird experiences there before but nothing as major as this and we were just kind of standing there stargazing you know that we were we had finished our hike right around um sunset and uh, so we were just kind of cooling off and, you know, kind of having a few cigarettes and things like that and uh, talking about actually paranormal and spirituality and how it all connects and everything. And um, I remember saying, like, you know, man, I just want to know the truth. And as soon as I said that, and I know it sounds weird, but uh, as soon as I said that, that's when the beam of light came down onto me and him. And we both like, whoa, you know, looked up at the sky 
and uh whatever it was the source of it was way 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 high up i mean you could see like the source of it but it was like it was insanely high up and up in altitude um and the light shut off and my buddy and i we uh i kind of went into investigator mode was trying to like do are we missing time i was, I was trying to like <laughs> find a watch you know what I mean? things like that my buddy was kind of freaking out you know and as you know he was like come on man let's go and i was like no we got to stay we're gonna see what happens and all of a sudden and it was this was and i'm not gonna lie this kind of shook me too um all of the animals all around in the woods and all around the, the whole pond and everywhere um went nuts absolutely nuts like howling screaming making noise i mean it's just like it's like the forest just came alive it was unbelievable never heard anything like that before or since um that was it for my buddy he was in the car screaming for me to get in <laughs> uh so i got in and we took off and he regretted it later he was like oh we should have stayed but but uh but yeah that was that was a pretty profound one but uh but that's interesting you had the beam of light happen with the fan did anything happen to the fan I don't I don't remember. I don't think so, because it's something my mom doesn't even like remember at all. Oh. So I think it just went into the fan. But but your your light, was it was it like big? Like, did you guys fit into it? Yeah, we both fit into it. We were kind of like leaning against my car and, you know, we were both looking up at the stars. So we were both kind of like leaned against my car and kind of leaned back. But it came down onto like like we were in it. And so it was part of the car. But then it was just on the pavement in front of us. And I remember specifically looking at the trees, like right across from, and it was like dark, you know, and it was already, the sun had gone down and all that by that time. Um, and I just remember thinking like, wow, it's not even like, it's not lighting anything else up, just, you know what I mean? Thinking about it. But um, so it was just literally this shaft of concentrated white. Mm. Here. I, that's the best way I can describe it was strange i didn't get any weird feelings i didn't get any you know what i mean but it was just just right on us and very bright right yeah, yeah. But, the light that i saw the thing it was like really thin so but yeah i always thought it was like ball lightning or something but but what you're talking about is definitely that's not natural <laughs> yeah yeah no that definitely did not seem it was it was definitely strange for sure um but uh yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've had all sorts of experiences. Um, So basically from uh, kind of what happened from there, um, that was 2003. I moved up to Vermont, um, kind of up there in two, at the end of 2006. Um, I was, I worked in retail sales. I was promoted and I moved up there to like start a store up in Burlington. And um, so while living up there, that was when I had my kind of next really profound experience that actually pushed me into being an investigator. Um, so we moved up to, uh, Milton, um, mm -hmm. and I won't say, you know, where it was, but, mm -hmm. uh, we lived in this duplex. So it was, uh, you know, left and right side, we lived in the left side. And when we first moved up there, so I was married at the time. Um, and I had my older son from a previous relationship and our, my brand new son, he was a baby, you know, within, I mean, he was less than a year old uh, when we moved up. And, you know, it was kind of like a nice setting. It was, you know, there was a, a you know, nice walk, you know, you didn't have to worry about traffic. Um, and uh, we were really happy, you know what I mean? It was like, we were, it was kind of a fresh start and we get there and we moved in and immediately there was just kind of this odd feeling, you know what I mean? But I just, you know, just kind of was like, ah, oh, new place jitters, whatever. And, um, 
you know, for years too, I've been studying the paranormal and uh, researching it and uh, spirituality and all that type of stuff. And it's, it kind of started dawning on me. So that within a few days, uh, we had this kind of thing start happening where um, how the place was set up, the bedroom was down below. Um, so when you walk in, it was the typical duplex thing where you could either go up or down. So all the bedrooms are down below, living room and kitchen were up top. And so the, our master bedroom was below the living room. And uh, and I'm not, it, this is no exaggeration from that, that probably about maybe two or three nights in. And for every night we lived there for almost two years since, from that point, this, whatever was there, uh, would stomp on the floor every single night. Um, right about, and I don't know how this thing knew it, but it would stomp on the floor right about when you would be right about to fall asleep, right in between, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was incredible. Like, I mean, and there would be foot, you know, footsteps and stuff to the point where I would think somebody broke in I'd get up, you know, do the typical walk around with a baseball bat you know, <laughs> and a nice Louisville slugger too. I don't know what happened. At that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, that that place definitely changed me. Um, that's what pushed me into realizing that this. It, not that I doubted that it was real. Um, I always, I mean, I've had experiences. I knew there was a lot of weird stuff out there, but that really opened my eyes to how real it really gets. Um, so, uh, my son actually, I talked to him recently, my older son, um, and he remembers. So he was in his room. He always remembered having bad dreams there. That was mm -hmm. one thing. Um, and he remembers the door being slammed. He had dropped one of his toys under his bed. And as he was reaching under his bed, the door was behind him and the door slammed on him. There was nobody there. <laughs> um, and that place was like that. It was like it tried to creep you out. Um, every time I'd walk down the stairs, you get the feeling like something was breathing down your neck, ready to like shove you, you know, that type of feeling. Yeah. Creepy, you know, and um so a couple of the other big things that happened. So the, speaking of the stomping on the floor. Uh, so there was one night um, I decided to go to bed early. I just had a long day. And um, so my wife wanted to stay up. So she was st uh, stayed up in the living room and I, I was walking down to the bedroom and I was kind of laughing, kind of almost taunting it in a way and probably shouldn't have uh, <laughs> kind of laughing. I was like, hey, you can't stomp on the floor now. You know, my wife's up, otherwise she's going to hear it, see you, whatever. And I was kind of laughing to myself. And uh, so I got into bed and I'm laying there and of course, right about to fall asleep and it kicked my bed. <laughs> like, it was like, almost like as if a grown man took a running start and straight up just kicked the bed as hard as I could. So um, that was, uh, that was pretty crazy. Um, I had also, there was a, right when you walked down into the bottom hallway where the, the bedrooms and bathroom was, there was this old dehumidifier that our landlords there at the time wanted us to keep plugged in. Mm -hmm. Broken at one point, so I had it unplugged. Uh, this thing actually plugged it in and turned it on. Um, and then the, the kind of more significant thing that happened was actually the last day we were there. Uh, so we moved from there to Winooski. And... Uh, the, the landlord there in Winooski was doing something with the bathroom. So we stayed our last night in Milton and we were sleeping in the living room on the floor. And I woke up the next morning and I was scratched. So I had uh, actually three scratches down my, uh, it was kind of down the side of my back. Um, and it was actually after we had woke up, we, we were waking up, kind of folding everything up. It was about like 10, 15 minutes in and my side started burning. You know, it was just, it was uh, three scratches, which is kind of not, not the best sign. 
<laughs> so yeah but. i saw that in your email um and uh i can cut this out if you want me to but you had mentioned something to how it seemed to be trying to like uh i don't know kind of break down your wife yeah no it did it definitely affected her she was um so as we were living there too so how it affected her was more um like mental health wise it was weird like when we moved there she was fine um and then she it just it was just kind of broke her down in terms of just her happiness is the best way I can put it you know what I mean like she just kind of became kind of more depressed and downtrodden and you know that type of stuff and granted you know I mean it's a lot handling two kids at home and mm. uh you know, I that that's a tough job and you know what I mean that, that mm-hmm. can be down, you yeah. know what I mean oh I, yeah you know, love my kids but um but it you know it's a lot and so she was handling that along with you know I was working a lot trying to start up a new store um so there was a lot on her and I think this thing took advantage of that and um yeah it really kind of worked on her a little bit but um the good news and the happy ending to that was after we moved from there to Winooski things changed it didn't follow us um she was she got better you know what I mean that type of stuff so um but uh but yeah so it was uh, it was quite the experience, but that's actually after I moved to Winooski, that's when I decided that um, I was wanting to get into the paranormal, you know, officially and really kind of start checking it out and start investigating. That's when I found the INE. So. Mm. Do you think do you think it could have been like a demonic presence at that house? Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, it definitely it it was of a negative aspect that even if it wasn't a demonic it was something very not very nice um right. you know there was some science we had somebody that uh, a friend of hers my 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 wife at the time there um a friend of hers had come and stayed and she actually slept in the living room and she said that uh she had woken up in the middle of the night and had seen like a dark figure with red eyes in the corner of the room um so that was the only time that anybody saw it um i didn't see it my my wife didn't see it but we we knew we we felt its presence you know what i mean for sure right um but yeah the you know the, with the sign of it with the the scratching was in three uh which is usually a mocking of the trinity yep uh, that can be taken as a demonic type presence possibly uh sure uh, more investigation would need to be done on that that type of stuff and i've honestly i've thought about trying to contact whoever lives there uh just to right. see if they have that's going on but um you know it's kind of what it's delicate it's one of those things you don't want to just yeah 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 when you were talking in your email about the the three scratches um Mm. in the house i was just like that sounds that definitely sounds demonic (laughs) yeah yeah no it's definitely the, the scratches alone you know yeah i mean i i that was that's the only time i've ever had that happen um that's one of the things, though, too, you know, the one of the things that I, I try to talk about a little bit, too, is the, you know, it's rare to run across a negative entity like that. Like, I know these shows that are out there make it seem like every other entity is demonic. You know what I mean? Right. But it, uh, honestly, it's really rare. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just wanted to put that out there because I know a lot of people, it scares them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and But not everything that's paranormal is a demon. And not everything is paranormal either. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, you got learning um, that type of stuff, but does it exist? Yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely, I've experienced it firsthand, but 
you know, just it, I just tell people that don't jump to conclusions. You know what I mean? Just you know, be discerning, do your homework. Right. You know, created, you know that type of stuff. Use use logical conclusions first. You know what I mean? Um, look for natural causes. You know that type of stuff. But um, and and you know, when in doubt, also you know, call on a team like us. You know what I mean? We're happy to help. We're happy to you know validate and verify and all that stuff too. So, right. But, but yeah. Um, so the you know, the whole thing with like, you know, demonic activity is just to be, be prepared. Um, if you are experiencing something like that and, and you know, you have ruled everything out, you know, it, my biggest advice is to stand your ground, um, you know, claim your house, claim your space and call for help when you need it, if you need it. You know what I mean? That's the thing is you're, you're not in it alone, but anyway. Have you ran into situations like that with, with, uh, with Pine? Um, honestly, not really. Um, again, you know, it's, sometimes we run, we have people that will think it's something negative, um, and come to find out it maybe isn't. Uh, but I personally haven't been on any, uh, personal cases that are private cases that have had dealt with anything negative like that so far. We've dealt with like, you know, kind of nasty entities or, you know, nasty discarnate, you know, human beings or, you know, things like that. But, um, but nothing, uh, nothing that I would say would be inhuman. Have so, but right. uh, uh, which knock on wood, <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, we're we're happy to help if, if they are. I mean, but you know, most of the time, what we find is, uh, you know, usually, you know, the kind of the typical stuff. You know, people that either passed in the home or family member, you know, that type of stuff. Um, sometimes there's weird stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the whole thing with the paranormal and in general is you don't really. The whole reason why we're doing this is we don't really know what we're dealing with right out there hmm. i mean anything from you know ghosts and that type of stuff whether residual or or intelligent or poltergeist you know that type of stuff all the way to dimensional beings and manifestations of consciousness whether individual or unified and i, I mean the there's a whole spectrum of theories as, <laughs> as to what we're dealing with so um you know, it's, and that's why we do this, you know, that's why we're doing it. But anyway, sorry, I, I'm digressing. No, no, that's fine. That's, that's cool. Um, I know one thing that struck me in your email was uh, how you're, you're trying to figure out how spirituality and the paranormal are connected. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that. That's interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, you know, there's certain things like when you look back into history and stuff like that, um, like one of my favorite authors actually that covers some of this type of stuff is uh, Jacques Vallée. Um, he was actually a French astronomer um, and he started studying UFOs. He studied actually what kind of drove him into it was um, working in uh, astronomy. He, he was starting to see strange things and they would actually destroy the footage. Like the, the people that he worked for, they would destroy the footage and say, don't talk about it, that type of stuff. And he was like, you're kidding. We got to investigate this. So, he uh, he started investigating it, um, and he was trying to tie the correlation of actually UFOs and the similarity of stories of UFO and, and abductions and things like that alongside of the similarity of fairy stories and how mm -hmm. fairy uh, human beings and bring them into fairyland and things like that. And his argument was was that maybe it's a different manifestation of the same thing, and. 
the what the point being that maybe what we're dealing with is some type of consciousness that can penetrate into our reality and manifest itself into whatever affects the person it's manifesting to the most so if let's say i'm someone who's inclined to be affected or be in awe of a ufo it's going to manifest itself as ufos and aliens if i'm a very religious person it might manifest itself as the virgin mary or as an apparition of the virgin mary um in some of the other thoughts and ideas out there you know people like um uh keel john keel uh things like that uh you wrote the mothman prophecies uh -huh. and, um, you know is there what what is the purpose of that you know a lot of these it, it kind of points to the fact that you know the, a lot of these types of apparitions and experiences actually affect the course of human history you know what I mean, or can affect the course of human history. And you know, you look at a, you know the the religious apparitions, I and mean, you can go all the way back. Even Constantine, you know, saw the apparition of the fiery cross in the sky and converted, to, you know, to Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, that was a major turning point. You know what I mean? So it's things like that. When you think of that, and what created that? What what made that fiery cross in the sky? Some would say is God. Some would say, what if it's a manifestation of something? You know, creating that, but. You know, again, it's just it's 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 interesting. You know, it really right. is interesting. Oh, that type of stuff ties in. And then when you dig into things like um, you know, spirituality and, and religion and things like that, there are stories even in uh religion itself about paranormal stuff. You know, I mean you, you read the book of Ezekiel and it's practically like reading a UFO story. Uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. Um when you you know, when you look into Buddhism, there's uh there's hungry ghosts. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, ghosts of dead relatives and things like that, that, you know, they, they leave food out for, you know, stuff like that. So um, it's just, it's interesting to me how things are tied in and correlate and how different viewpoints accepts different things in different ways. And it just, it's fascinating how it all interlinks. Right. Um, and, you know, from my experience in spirituality and things like that, it's, it's all connected. Everything's connected. Um you know it, it's having experienced that myself firsthand it's it's hard to explain this to to people you just kind of have to experience it for yourself is the best way to put that but mm -hmm. uh, but yeah it's uh it is fascinating to me yeah i know one thing that in you know really in, interests me is um so if you don't you know there's many different religions out there you know and uh one thing that always gets me is it seems through all these stories that I hear and people tell, it seems that you could you can really use, you know, the name of Christ to drive out a demon. Mm -hmm. But it's like. um, I don't know, it's just it's it's weird, so it could I, I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but um, something that interests me like that. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to put this. So, like, you know, if you don't necessarily if you're not Catholic or or Christian, you know, mm -hmm. believe in any of that, but it seems to work, you know, why is that? Um, well, part of my belief in terms of, so I don't consider myself religious, right. um, but I mean, I, my shelf is full of all different types of religions and spiritual paths and all that type of stuff. And the way that I look at it is, uh, every, all of it's true and none of it's true. That's the best way I can put it because the, it's they're kind of all talking about the same thing when you really dig into it and you really look at it um 
it, they're, they're talking about a similar, like if you looked at it, and I know this is cliche, but if you looked at it like a mountain, the summit is the goal and there's many different paths and many different ways you can get there. That's the best way I can put it. That's religion and spirituality in a nutshell. It's one mountain, but many different paths. Right. So, um, the way that I look at it is as you believe, so it is. Um, in our, For me, we are co-creators in this reality. Um, at least this is just my own personal beliefs as a disclaimer. Um, but uh, with what I experienced um, at the core of our consciousness, we are the create. You know, we are the creator itself. We are connected to that. We're one with it. Everything is one. Um. So, so it's like the intent behind it. You know. Yeah, it's it's hard to put into words. It really is kind of hard. Right. To put um. But uh, it, it's that's kind of a good way to put it. The intent behind it, it's the power of intention. You know what I mean? Like if you if you intend it, if you believe it, you know what I mean? And that's really kind of the, the big key too is also the belief behind it and, and having that faith and not, you know, not letting that doubt kind of creep in, but having that faith and that conviction. Um, there's also a level of kind of letting it happen as well too and just letting go as well. But um but that's what I think is that when you have that intention, like for instance, I'll, I'll use an example here. So with my, my current fiance and, and, and I, when we first moved into this current apartment that I'm sitting in right now, um, we live in, an, in a big apartment building and right next to the, 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 the power room uh, that, you know, where all the meters are and all the, you know, everything, the boiler, everything's in there. Um, there's a huge amount of EMF that comes out of there. I and mean, sure enough, I knew this place would have an activity and it did. And when we first moved in, right in the corner of my bedroom in the back, um, there was a growl. And my fiance heard it straight up. I mean, we walked and she was like, are you kidding me? And that was like her reaction. But she looked at me and she was like, are you kidding me? You know, like, did you do this? Um, and I just wasn't having it. I, I, I had already been through, the, you know, so I just was like, that's it. Nope. Get up, get out. You're out of here. That's it. And it did a little growl again. I was like, no, I don't want you. I'm like, get out. It was like talking to a kid, you know, but, <laughs> but I was, I was attending it. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, absolutely get out. You know what I mean? Right. Like I and meaning it and gone. Haven't had anything like that happen since. So um, I think there, there is some level of the power of intention definitely has, has some power and influence for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was always something that, that got me. Cause I mean, I don't know how religious I am. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't go to church or anything. I don't, I've never read the Bible or any, you know, I know some of the stories out of it and, but, mm -hmm. uh, but demons are just from all the, the movies I've seen and all, you know, all these TV shows, it's definitely something that, that scares me. I don't want to, you know, get a, a a demon attached to me or possessed in any way. So I'm always like worried, like, like, I'm not religious. How am I going to, how how would I fight a demon, you know, but I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and there's a difference between, you know, like a lot of people, like the difference between religion and spirituality. You can be spiritual without having religion, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Um you know, I've had people tell me about, you know, putting, you know, energy around themselves and around their family and, you know, things like that. And 
and that's great. I mean, if it works and you and you're and you're putting that belief into it and, and the intention into it, then by all means, you know what I mean? Like that's the way that I look at it. But um, but in the extreme cases where, you know, things like, you know, you, you see these movies like The Conjuring, for instance, you know, we actually just investigated the Conjuring House not too long ago. Um so a lot of that stuff again it's it's dramatized you know what i mean it is you know and it's meant to scare you because it's right. supposed to be. yeah. that's what makes it thicken. um but the reality of paranormal experience is yeah there's an element of, of scariness to it but it it's it isn't like the movies you know what i mean it just it just isn't it's even weirder it's it's weirder you know what I mean? It, and it's like there's a scary element to it at times. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you, if you read the books by uh, Andrea Perrin um, about the Conjuring House, I mean, there's some absolutely crazy stuff that they went through. Um, but it's it's just it's different. It's not like it is, you know. And even I've been on investigations. So like when I first started with PINE, there's a few cases that like stood out. But honestly, I mean, we did a bunch of cases where nothing happened we went in there for eight nine ten hours and listened to absolutely nothing you know what i mean went through the evidence hey that's crazy too you go through you know eight hours of footage times eight cameras <laughs> you know, right. a long time to stare at one image you know what i mean <laughs> um but uh you know so that's again the whole thing about be discerning you know what i mean you know that i try to tell people with that type of stuff is it's it's not rare, but it's rare. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. And I mean, uh, like, you would, I would imagine if there was something scary or strong enough to realize what was going on, they would, they would be quiet for that whole time. You know, they don't want, they don't want you to know that they know. That's the thing too, is if, you know, or they don't, you know, they're not like in your energy or what, you know, that type of thing. Uh, that was actually something that uh, bringing up the conjuring house again so when we got to the conjuring house we actually had a pretty large group of people with us um which next time that's one of the things we'll probably go with a smaller group um just to I mean the, the sound really carries in that place the, the floors are very thin and um so it was really hard to do like evp work and, and sound work and that type of stuff but um but uh the uh, where was I going with that? Sorry. We were talking about um well, that's my place. Uh paranormal, I don't know, forces that are smart enough to understand what's going on, maybe. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um <laughs> so yeah, we were we were in there, we kind of went through our night, and there was a point where when you first walked into the place, you could feel that there was definitely some energy going on. And there was a point probably around, I want to say like one o'clock, one thirty, where you just felt that energy drop. And it was real quiet after that point. You know what I mean? And it almost felt like whatever it was we had started, we had actually gotten a few things, you know, a few hits and things like that on, um, some of our REM pod uh, type stuff. And then uh, we actually had one of our trigger objects, one of our ball, uh, like a cat ball. Mm -hmm. uh, so those you have to like touch and it lights up. Um, and we had one of those actually go off up in one of the bedrooms there. Uh, but shortly after that, the energy just dropped and it. And I almost felt like 
we overwhelm the spirits <laughs> in a way just from all the all the people being around and running around and all that type of stuff um so and i it was funny we were joking around i was like i think we scared the conjuring house you know <laughs> <laughs> you know? so uh but yeah there you know and you see these memes too where it's like you know the, the ghost rolling his eyes when the you know the new ghost team's coming you got to figure they get sick of it after a while right. you know? yeah. but so, um you know I've, I've heard scary things about the conjuring house i've seen the movie um i've heard things about the house where it's not haunted at all you know nothing's going on there really Everything was exaggerated. What what what's your take on it? I've never talked to anyone who's, you know, who's actually been there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um um it's interesting. I've actually I I'm in actually the middle of reading Andrea Perrin's books. I am almost uh, pretty much all the way through the first one. Um I wish I had discovered him before I had actually gone. Um but uh you know, some of the, the movie was definitely a little hyped up it was, it was exaggerated a little bit the actual story was um the uh, the warrants had gone in and um they had done the seance and things like that and, and actually the father and, and ed warren had actually gotten into a little bit of a fisticuffs and mm-hmm. uh, uh the warrants were thrown out of the house actually mm-hmm. um but uh so yeah i mean you know in terms of what some of the stuff that was in the movie um was definitely like elements from what actually happened but it was definitely stretched it was exaggerated you know just for the drama sake um i definitely recommend if you want the real story so uh, andrea perrin's books are are a great account um i'm enjoying them so far um this isn't a pr plug or anything i don't know or Uh, yeah um but really good books um and uh it she also took the stories like from her family from like her sisters and the parents mm-hmm. and all too so it's kind of like the true account from the family um which personally i'd rather get that than hollywood's version you know personally but um so but it was interesting having read most of that first book and then being there um it definitely was it was more impactful that i think doing it that way you know i, I was glad that i had done some research and, and knew about some of the stories that had gone on and was you know I mean, I, you know, stood in the spot where one of the apparitions appeared to the mother, you know what I mean? That type of stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, and even just, I mean, the place was built so long ago. You know, I mean, just the history in the place, you can feel it. It just, it's, it's an incredible feel. Um, even if you don't experience anything paranormal, it's incredible to just go there and be in, inside of that history. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's, it's just fascinating, but, um, but yeah, I mean, walking in personally, I really felt like there was presence. Um, do I think, I mean, it is possible that there could be something negative there. Um, the way that it's been described is that it's it takes a while for that element to reveal itself. Um, there are, so m- one of my personal experiences that happened there, so, um, and this actually ties into one of the parents' experiences, when they moved into that house in the early 70s, um, one might have even been Andrea, but uh, one of the sisters had actually seen an apparition of a, of a man mm-hmm. and he was standing in a doorway and he was just kind of watching and they mm-hmm. called him. Man. Um, and so anyway, so here I am, we're in the Conjuring house, I'm excited and I'm in what's now um, 
kind of the dining area and it used to be the, the actual kitchen. Um, so I'm standing in there and we had set up our table with our DVR system there. And I started to walk from that room into the living room, which used to be the dining room. Um, and there's a hallway connecting the two. And in that hallway, there's a staircase that goes up to one of the bedrooms. And then there's a door that goes down to the basement. And as I went through that doorway, I was kind of like, I was holding the camera and I was looking down at it and I wasn't paying attention to kind of where I was going. I was just kind of walking. And I felt like all of a sudden, like right in front of that basement door, there was somebody standing there. You know what I mean? I saw like out of the corner of my eye, I saw there was like a kind of like a dark figure. And I went like, even to the point where I kind of jumped back thinking I was going to walk into someone like, oh, sorry. You know, and I looked and nothing there. So that was kind of like one of my personal experiences that happened. Um, another weird thing that happened to me too, that was told to us was that um, sometimes for some reason, um, and it was, uh, so Roger Heron, the father was always somewhat drawn to the basement for some reason. And he had experiences down there with like a female entity. Yep. And it was said that uh, like males will be drawn to the basement and will be drawn to go down alone. And at one point, a lot of our group was like up in the bedrooms and investigating and they were being kind of, it was kind of loud, you know what I mean? So I didn't want to like interrupt her. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, oh, maybe I should go down to the basement. Maybe I should do a solo thing down there. And I was starting to get ready to do it. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me and I'm like, uh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, you almost got me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was kind of strange how like my mind just kind of went there and I actually felt like, yeah, I really want to go and do this um but i it's never good to investigate solo anyway i always recommend you know it's always good in twos it's verification you know what i mean so right. but uh yeah. so i would personally say that i i would like to go back to the conjuring house to do more um but with the we did get a little bit of evidence and from what i saw i would say that it's it's enough to make it make me interested to go back well, that's cool yeah nice um so what about you also mentioned something about uh uh double mirrors you have a theory on on mirrors yeah one of the things that um i've actually been kind of curious about working on um and been watching especially like in a lot of these paranormal shows where they go to locations that have very high activity um, one of the things that I noticed actually in this apartment was when we moved in, uh, we had a mirror on the back of our bathroom door, like one of those long mirrors that you attach to it. And the medicine cabinet mirror is directly in front of it and facing it. So whenever we would close the bathroom door, which most of the time we keep it closed, we had two mirrors facing each other and it creates what's called an infinity mirror. Um, and uh, there's been things, other things called like psychomantiums that do that. It's basically like a, a circle of mirrors and that you sit within. Um, but the thought behind that is that it opens up into, it's kind of a doorway into other dimensions. Uh, it creates like an infinite doorway. Um, mm. So anything can come through from anywhere. Um, and when we first moved into this place, it, it definitely there was some activity. Uh, my fiance here, she actually saw a shadow figure walk through our kitchen. She was kind of, it was actually in the reflection in the window. She saw this dark figure walk through our kitchen. Um, we heard a girl laugh one time. I told, I told you about the growl. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the girl laughing was a little freaky. That was, <laughs> it was like straight out of a horror movie kid laugh. You know what I mean? 
Like, oh, uh, man. <laughs> uh, so that was odd. Um, little things out of the corner of our, our eyes, uh, flashes of light is another thing that we've experienced. These little, like, either blue flashes or white flashes. Um, is it an old building? Like, the, the apartment? Yeah. Yeah, it was built in the 1970s. I mean, not super old, but I mean, it's a, there's been people in and out of here for so many years. You know, what I mean, right. it's a in the city, so uh, you know, renters coming and going and all that stuff. So all sorts of energies and that type yeah. of stuff. We also live right next to all of the electrical as well, which is like a huge like here come to your buffet dinner. You know what I mean? Type <laughs> of right, right, yeah. So, um. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of one of those things with the mirrors. I one of my theories was finally it it, I, it was weird how it hit me. I there was one day I was actually at work, and something had happened to uh, my fiance here, and she was texting me about it, and it just like came to my mind, and it, and it was just like take the mirror down in the bathroom. It was like almost like it wasn't even from me. It was really weird, and I called her. I literally I was like I actually got off my you know from work and I walked outside and I. I was like, hey, listen, I was like, we got to take one of those mirrors down. I was like, take the mirror off the back of the door. So she did. She went in and she like literally ripped it off the door. And from that point, it was like going from like our place energetically, like you could just like feeling wise, like before that, when the mirror was up, it felt like Grand Central Station. It was like hectic. That's the best way I can put it. It felt like there was like just hectic energy, chaotic energy, um, just made you like really tense and like it just was like kind of chaotic and then as soon as we took that mirror down piece i i can't it was like a whole new apartment it's it, crazy we've had a much much less activity um we still have some things that happen here and there you know like little flashes of the light still happen and stuff like that um but uh but the the weird and kind of the, the more darker leaning type stuff uh that we were starting to experience has ceased so um so yeah that's kind of one of the actually the things that i ask anybody if you're experiencing activity especially if it seems to be leaning a little kind of towards the the darker side or or you know kind of more towards the negative aspect um check your mirrors have you ever heard of um mirrors against the exterior wall of a house no no uh, that, yeah that's something i've heard of um what's uh what is it about that it's just kind of like the same same deal it's like a it opens like a portal to you know the outside huh. kind of like a doorway um yeah i don't know it was along your along the mirror lines of of stuff so, yeah so what is pine really paranormal investigators of new england Yep. So uh, Paranormal Investigators of New England. Um, so we founded back in 2004. Uh, so it's founded by uh, Jeffrey Stewart, who's uh, he's not not active at this time, but, um, but a good friend of me. And uh, so Betty Miller, who runs uh, the, the whole organization. Uh -huh. uh, but uh, so uh, right now, I, I started back with them in 2008 um, after I moved to Winooski and all that. I, I found the INE. Um, and, uh, there's been a lot of different people that have come and gone, which is great because we've had a lot of different investigators with different skill sets and things like that. Um, one thing that I really like about our group is we don't just do, uh, hauntings. We also do cryptozoology cases. We do UFOs. We do just strangeness, you know, that type of, um, so we, we touch on, try to touch on every aspect of the paranormal and we have people in our team that 
um, are skilled in um, UFO investigation and uh, Bigfoot investigations and, you know, things like that. So um, uh, it's, it's a unique team, you know what I mean? And that's what I really like about being part of it. Um, we're also the TAPS family member uh, for Vermont. Uh, so people that don't know TAPS, that's uh, the Ghost Hunter show uh, with Jason Hawes. Um, so his team uh, founded uh, the, the Atlantic Paranormal Society is what TAPS stands for. Uh, and they created a network of teams nationwide um, that uh, will take cases in those states if it's referred to them and they can't get it to get to it personally. Um, so uh, PINE is the TAPS family member for Vermont. We're working on maybe possibly moving that into our new New Hampshire team as well, too. But um, but that's our latest addition. So last year in October. So I, I had left PINE back in 2012 uh, when I moved from Vermont back to New Hampshire. And, um, you know, my kids were, were young at the time, so I just kind of focused on family life, things like that mm -hmm. for a little while. But then um, I recently came back. So last year in October, uh, Betty asked me to come back to the team and um, and we started the New Hampshire uh, division of PINE. So it's uh, we have a second team now in New Hampshire that um, will kind of be able to answer cases a little bit quicker and kind of the longer distances from the Vermont team, you know, it was kind of tough for them to sometimes to get to the further reaches in New England. Right. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, it's pretty cool. We, you know, we're, we're the team just formed. Um, we've done a few investigations. We actually have a few coming up um, and I've got some skilled investigators. I've got, uh, you know, we, we've added in a new element to our investigations, which we're excited about too, utilizing, uh, psychic mediums or psychic sensitives. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff that we're pretty excited about with PINE. Um, we also have upped our social media as well too, in terms of like live investigations. Uh, we actually uh, broadcasted live on the conjuring house for a couple of hours. Um, and we, we hope to do another one soon coming up, hopefully, uh, towards October. Um, but uh, we have a, a new social media manager as well, too, which is great. Um, she's been great for us and really upped our, our uh, exposure on that. Uh, just a lot of great stuff going on. So we're pretty excited. But How's uh, the, uh, sorry, what's um, <laughs> what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is so um, either through our Facebook page, um, so just paranormal investigators in New England, um, you can uh, message us right on there, um, or and usually we'll have we'll refer you to our website. Uh, it's pi-ne.org, um, and on there there's a submission form where you can uh, you know leave your information and a little description about what you're experiencing, and then our uh, case manager will reach out to you and uh, and take it from there. So. But uh, please, you know, feel free to reach out anytime. We're here to help and we're happy to help. So um, it's a free service. We don't charge uh, real paranormal groups. Most of us don't. Um, you know, it's a free service. Um, so we're happy to help. So please feel free to reach out if you're in the New England area. I just had two more things. Unless you had something else you wanted to talk about. Um, I know you had in your email, you had mentioned, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, I don't even know if this is what it is, but like a, a glimmer, glimmer man sighting. Yeah, um, that's probably been my most recent uh, experience. So uh, with the with that, basically, uh, I, I go out to so Kimball Pond, that place where I had the beam of light experience. Um, I'm obsessed with that place ever since then. <laughs> so, oh, I bet. Yeah. 
yeah, I go out there constantly, like all the time. Um, and I'm always trying to keep my eyes open for weird stuff, you know, things like that. So, uh, so my fiance and I, uh, we were one night, we decided to go take a drive and uh, just go kind of, uh, we call it basically paranormal hunting. <laughs> so we just kind of drive around and just keep our eyes open, you know, for UFOs, whatever. Um, gives us time to talk and catch up and things like that mm -hmm. too. Time. So, um, but uh so we're driving home, actually. We were we had already gone through Kimball Pond and all that type of stuff. So we were coming through Dumbarton into Goffstown, uh, coming back into Manchester. We hadn't quite hit Manchester yet. And at, we were on, uh, it was Blackbrook Road. And we were coming up uh, towards Manchester. And right when it connects to uh, Dunbarton Road, there's this kind of like little V area, but um, it follows Blackbrook River um, kind of all the way down. and um, which I find interesting. It always seems like a lot of paranormal stuff happens near water sources and things like that, which is again another connection to fairy lore and another connection to you know the you've seen all the missing four one one stuff. Anyway, I'm digressing. <laughs> um, so we're coming down the 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 road and there was a car coming from like way up in the road and the the lights were kind of shining at us and I don't know if it was like if it was an effect of the two lights kind of shining at each other or something like that, but it, it that happened to catch this thing. But whatever it was, it was, it seemed like it was almost like cloaked. Mm. And the best way that I can describe it was the way my fiance described it was a blob. Like she didn't really see a figure. I thought I saw more of like a form around it, but it was like right in the center of it, there was, it's almost like it, it you could describe it as like TV static or on um, like Star Trek when they do the transporter beam and you see like the, the, mm -hmm. the stuff, you know, effect there, it kind of looked like that. And it was moving really quickly across the road. From my perspective, I thought I, I saw almost like, I don't know, it was like a, you saw this like weird blobby type thing, but then there was like almost like a, almost like spikes coming off the back of it or something like it, it was weird. It, it almost reminded me of a, um, like if you look up uh, the the creature of Pukwudgie, mm -hmm. uh, it reminds me kind of like that. It was almost like a like right. a spine, very kind of weird type of it. It, it was almost reminded like humanoid, but not human or something. Like I, it was it was strange. It was really really odd. I can't. It's hard to describe what it is because I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but it it had a glimmer effect, and it it definitely. I mean, if that's what people have been seeing and calling the glimmer man then yeah i guess that's definitely i guess that's what i saw but um it definitely whatever it was seemed to have like a, that cloaking glimmer effect to it um and the weird thing was was um so i i recently had met a um a, it was actually a paranormal celebrity from uh you know one of the big shows that are out there um and uh we message back and forth occasionally i'm not going to say who it is i don't you know i don't want to be the name drop guy <laughs> um, but this person's uh, partner had actually seen something very similar actually by their house they live in northern mass um right by their house something similar basically uh, they described it as like alien like and it had that glimmer shimmer weird effect like almost like it was like half cloaked mm -hmm. so um interesting very yeah. interesting oh yeah um and you had just mentioned something earlier that that caught my attention um how what do you think about like the whole fae connection like the fairy connection between just the paranormal in general 
you have an opinion yeah. on that or yeah i mean i think i mean for me i i subscribe personally to a lot of like probably what most people would consider unsavory theories in the paranormal and and things like that like i i think there are some interesting things to think about when it comes to that especially when you consider things like skinwalker ranch and stuff like that um i i think that the uh, jacques Vallée was kind of onto something with the whole aspect of like ufos and fairies and the similarities and the correlations i think what we could be experiencing is a more modern manifestation of similar phenomena and you know whether it's I, I don't want to say definitively because it's truth be told, nobody knows. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, we could be dealing with something dimensional, um, something that's manifesting physically into our reality, but from a different one. Um, we could be dealing with many different consciousnesses, whether they're singular or individual or unified, or I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities, but I think there is something to be said with connection to that i mean there's even connections to stories of fairies and bigfoot right uh, you know, the stories of old hairy dwarves that would come and steal people and take them into these caves and things like that so you know when you read this stuff it kind of it makes you think you know it really makes you think twice if you read the books about skinwalker ranch there were manifestations of there were spiritual manifestations haunting type activity uh there was ufos there was uh they saw bigfoot type creatures crawl out of, out of portals right uh, property i mean it, so it, it, i find it kind of strange that the paranormal tends to hang out with itself you know what right, i mean yeah yeah i mean so, i'm not a i'm definitely nowhere near a professional on any of this at all but i tend to believe that it is all uh that it's just a fake you know it, it's got to be fake connected it seems mm -hmm. to be the only thing that makes sense to me yeah Bigfoot, champ you know, all these these magical creatures. Mm -hmm. um, ghosts are kind of like, I don't I, I don't think I think that's got to be something different. But when you think about it, I mean, they're they're coming out of these portals, which, you know, to a different dimension, the Fey realm and all these stories of, of glamour. And I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you, you even read said that there was a great book called um uh, hold on, I got it right up on my shelf here. Uh, where the footprints end. What is it called? Uh, where the footprints end. So right. it's actually about Bigfoot. Um, but things like, uh, you know, like Bigfoot footprints that would walk out into the middle of a field and all of a sudden disappear. Right. That's something that I think of when I think of Faye. Like, where is it going? It's got to be right. going somewhere. Right. You know, it, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, when you read those stories. And uh, it makes me think that there, there's something a little weirder. And actually, I have a, a Bigfoot story. Um, it, it was actually on a private case. Um, if we have a little more time, I don't know if you're running running short. But I mean, it's up to you, really. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I have no problem telling it. Um, so it was a private case, so I, I won't say where it was, but it was up in northern Vermont. Um, we had actually gone for a haunting type case uh, at this location. And um the client, you know, I at the time was the case manager. I had done the interview, initial interview with the, with the person, and uh, the client called me. Uh, probably a couple weeks later, we hadn't quite gotten ready to go out for the investigation yet, and they reported these strange footprints that were back in their woods. So, uh, me and the director Jeff at the time, we actually went, and and it was incredible. There was actually these huge footprints. They were probably we took a cast of it, but I don't know. I don't know whatever happened to it. But um, 
So it was probably, I want to say, about 14 inches long. Um, pretty big. I mean, it was a definitely sizable. And these footprints, they went all the way up this ridge on this person's property, up into their woods, uh, down into this, uh, like this little ravine. Of course, there was a little stream of water running through there. Water, of course. Uh, <laughs> footprints all along that whole stream, all in the mud. I mean, incredible. And to the point where it was like there were so many that it was like, if somebody faked this, they really spent like a lot of wasted a lot of their time to do this. <laughs> um, there was also things like tree structure type stuff, um, like TP type, uh, you know, type stuff that had gone over, um, you know, like almost, I don't know if they were territorial, territorial markers, but uh, so I had done a couple of things. So one of the things that I experienced and that a lot of people talk about is, especially with like high strangeness type events, um, is this eerie silence that yeah. happened the paranormal um and that's actually one of the the signs um that that i found um so i was walking back into the woods and one of the stories was is that these footprints would or not footprints uh sounds of footsteps would come up behind you <laughs> in the wood and so i actually experienced that i was walking back in the woods and all of a sudden it fell like deathly quiet i mean not a sound from a squirrel a bird nothing uh we're talking it's like the middle of summer and Thought that was kind of odd, but I was like, okay, you get that kind of weird, eerie feeling. And so I turned around and, and I was at the edge of their property. So I turned around and I started walking back. And as I was walking back at the time, I was taking a video on a really bad cell phone <laughs> from <laughs> whenever I did. This was, it was a horrible video, but, um, so I was taking a video and in the video, I, I wish I still had it, but, um, you could actually see me, I whip around because you could, I heard something right. almost running up on me, whip around, nothing there. So got kind of like, I was like, yeah, that's weird. You know, and I came down and there was this huge tree that had been, that had kind of like fallen, but it had like broken, you know what I mean? So I was kind of taking a look at it and, and uh, was talking on the video, trying to say, okay, there's this tree. It's so, you know, here's where it's broken. It's kind of strange. It's not like uprooted. It's like, it looks like something like broken off type of thing, like from like hanging on it or jumped on it. And I'm talking, and as I'm talking, right on the, uh, I'm standing right next to this tree, and right on the other side of this huge tree, uh, this log that's down, um, it, it was almost like, like as if something either like jumped down out of the tree next to it, or like was there and I couldn't see it, and it like stomped as hard as it could, but it was like the heaviest, like like it sounded like the thing was like a thousand pounds, whatever it was. And it stomped as hard as it could. Now, I didn't see anything. Um, didn't see Bigfoot, didn't see, but it sounded like it was huge, like a Bigfoot, you know, type of thing. And I, my, I did like a Wiley Coyote thing. Like I jumped in the air and my legs were going <laughs> before I down. And then like I hit the ground and like, I, it was just an instinctual reaction, you know, because it literally, it scared that that's probably like the one time that something happened that it literally scared the crap out of me. I mean, I came out, I was pale white. Everybody was like, what just happened? You know, but um, so and on the video you uh, that I had, I wish I could find it. I would love to send it to you, but um it's probably like on some old computer sitting in a landfill somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, it was uh you could actually hear the stomp on the video that I had taken. That's how loud it was. Um it was it was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. Um on that same uh, at that same place, I actually, that was when I saw my first apparition as well, too. It actually manifested right in front of me and another investigator. 
Um, so that was uh, that was one of my most incredible cases, most memorable. Was that but, in the woods too? No, that was actually it was outside their house. They had a lot of activity that would happen in their backyard. Um, so they used they would see these shadow figures kind of darting across the yard. Um, they had these uh, it was these old sugar shack type structure you know structures that were outside. Uh, they, they didn't use them or anything like that, but they were still there. And me and the investigator, we were in one of the sugar shacks. And we were hearing this like, like knocking on the walls and footsteps and stuff. We were like, what the heck? You know, so we walked out of it and we actually had a camera on the the shack itself, but unfortunately it didn't pick any of this stuff up. Um, so me and the other investigator were standing there and we're, we're trying to ask questions and I was doing EVP. Um, I had my EVP reporter going and the sugar shack, there was a doorway and there was a window and there was no glass in the window. And as we're watching in the window, there was this like fuzzy light that started to form. And at first I thought it was just my eyes playing tricks, you know what I mean, that type of thing. So I didn't really pay much attention to it. And then the light started getting a little brighter and a little brighter. And I'm like, what is going on? And then as it started getting bright, it almost started to look like, like a fuzzy photograph. You know what I mean? Like an out of focus photograph. And it started to come more and more into focus. It was still, it never got fully into focus, but it was still, starting to form and as it went it got a little more into focus a little more and suddenly i realized i'm looking at the face of a woman um with dark hair i could start to make out her eyes and her features and things like that and like again i instinctually this is what happens when, when you're a young and inexperienced investigator <laughs> i uh instinctually took my flashlight and shined it up at it <laughs> like it like so gone it, it's right, gone right. And so the other investigator turns and he looks at me and and he was like, did you see that? And I, I went, don't say anything. And we separated and we wrote down what we saw. And we both wrote down the same thing. So um, unfortunately, our camera didn't get it, though. It was pointed right at it, too, which was the weirdest thing. So we both saw it, but the camera didn't capture it. Right, so, right. Uh, nice. Yeah, pretty cool experience. You said that was a private investigation. Can you... Can you share what your findings were? Or? Um, well, it was definitely definitely activity at that location. Um, the I've, I'm actually still in contact uh, with with people from there, um, and they still have activity going on. Uh, so it's definitely one of the things that I think that we learned from that. So the underneath their backyard, they have a well actually that's in the backyard that goes down. Um, for some reason, there's some kind of well connection too, as well. And I don't know, no pun intended there. <laughs> so uh, there's some kind of well connection with the paranormal as well. The like even in the Conjuring house. So that's another good example. Uh, old homes, and actually, this is something we learned. There are old homes back then. The wells were actually in the house because you had to worry about people poisoning your well. You know, right. if somebody wanted to take your land from you, that's what they would do. They, you know, you they would have to kill that person, take their land. Um, so wells, a lot of the times were in the homes and this well is down in the basement. Yep. And I actually have dangerous... a well in my basement. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. It's completely empty and dried up, but it's down there. Well, and that's the thing is some of these, like the one in the conjuring house actually has water in it. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it, if the water is the connection there, which water is a you know, source of energy, like even my place uh, with the demonic activity, it was near a river, you know, and things like that. So, um, so I think water, especially moving water, can play a role. Uh, but 
of well water. I, I don't know if water needs to be in the well, but there's some kind of well connection. The, the conjuring house actually has a well in the, uh, the basement and every room, like the rooms that had the most major activity in that place are directly above that room in that house. So the, the, the parents bedroom where the mother had like crazy experiences with what they call the broken neck lady. Um, that's mm -hmm. directly that room um that has the well and then the most active bedroom was the center bedroom which is directly above that as well so um so i find i i want to dig more into that and investigate that more um and see but it's kind of one of those check marks that i'm like if there's a well in the place i make note of it you know what i mean and um it makes me kind of raise an eyebrow well that's cool that's something i've never heard of yeah it's uh i'm still trying to learn more you know as much as i can about it. it's it's one of those things that i just noticed as a pattern you know what i mean same thing with almost almost like the the mirrors facing each other type of thing right just it, it it makes me raise an eyebrow and it makes me pay more attention you know what i mean type of thing but yeah um hmm well i i don't know um you're either sick of hearing ghost stories or you're not, and you really like to hear them. Um, but I got one, and I've never told any investigator. I'm just kind of interested to hear what you what you have to say. I'll be really yeah. quick about it. Um, Take your time. So I lived in this house. I, I went to school in Laconia, New Hampshire, okay. you know, like a community college up there. And I lived in Ashland, New Hampshire, uh, in this old house that my uncle had got from some guy. He like co-signed on his loan or something and the guy died. Uh my uncle took it over and I was just staying there. And it was like it was run down. It was gross. It was it was bad. Um and I was like, oh yeah, I'll stay there. Free, free rent, you know, whatever. Um and like pretty much from day one, it was like, this is this is so scary, you know. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. So I ran and, and I ended up finding some random kid down the street. He like moved in and and blah blah blah. As time went on, you know, we would hear a baby crying for one. We could never find the source. There was never anyone walking the street. Um, but we'd constantly hear a baby crying. And then I would have like friends over. And there was, you know, the downstairs and the upstairs. And one of my friends would be upstairs talking to what he thought was another friend downstairs around the corner so there was like the stairs and there was a door and then the living room yeah. and that person he was talking to would be in the living room so you couldn't see them right and they would have full conversations um you'd ask questions and they would answer back and then they would walk you know into one of the bedrooms and the friend that they were just talking to would be in the bedroom not downstairs and this you know this wasn't something people like told other people about and it happened to multiple people. Um, and that always weirded me out. And then there was a presence in one of the rooms. Like the house was practically empty. And there was this one room where they had just thrown all the, the stuff from the house. It was just filled with junk, like literally just heaps of stuff. And there was like a presence in that room where it was just you had to go downstairs to use the bathroom. Uh, and you like you wouldn't want to go down there at night because the that doorway it was always dark. There was no light in there, 
and you had to walk past it and down the hall to the bathroom. You could just like feel something watching you. Um, and there was a mom apparently, and we had seen like from the waist down of this lady walking up the stairs into the into the attic of the barn. And that I mean that was pretty much it. But at, at one point, the people who owned the house, at some point, they had removed, like, a whole section of the house. They took a staircase off. Like, they just removed the stairs. And then they blocked off two rooms of the house completely. And the only way you could get to them was to go into the, the attic of the barn, climb through this tiny little window. I mean, it wasn't even, like, normal window size. It was it was weird. I mean, it was just two two rooms in there, like, a the room where the stairs went up into and then like a whole bedroom and in that bedroom there was just these glass bottles everywhere different sizes and there was a table in the middle with a chair and it was weird but that's yeah, it's always, yeah it's weird when you find like a closed off space like that like it makes you wonder like why yeah yeah, yeah. um almost makes you wonder if there was like something out of sinister or something but um yeah, no, that's interesting. Uh, question for so the your friend that was talking to the entity that was did it sound like the other friend? Like yeah, it, like it, it would always sound like whoever they were talking to, and it happened so, to several different people. There's a type of entity that um, I call them mimics. So it's this weird. Uh, there was actually there was a story on like one of the paranormal shows uh, about it that actually kind of turned me on to this type of stuff, but. Um, I've also there's some videos out there too of people that have experienced this type of stuff and it's it, honestly this it makes like goosebumps even stand up on my neck because it's just freaky you know what I mean yeah. something that like, like your your wife or your husband or you know what I mean like it's or whoever it's crazy to me but um, but yeah there's a lot of stories out there of entities that are able to do that they'll they'll be able to sound exactly like somebody um, there's even stories of them being able to manifest themselves looking like the person that they want to look like um and that could have very well know, happened but and yeah. i just didn't know about it yeah yeah no crazy um yeah it's funny so the other thing so the entity that you felt in the basement so the the fact that there was all that stuff from the house um in there so you know entities can a lot of people like you know they they you always hear the term haunted house but you don't hear the term haunted item or haunted person mm. you know? often and it's that can happen too you know there's a per people can be haunted items can be haunted um that's one of the the most dangerous things about you know, not to you know i don't want to deter anybody from going to like an antique store i love a good antique like anybody but <laughs> but that you have to be careful because uh, yeah there are entities that can attach to objects uh that, you know or to people and follow them around um yeah so that that could have been a possibility but you know again it's uh it's hard to say <laughs> and i will i will add that i lived on thompson street there was a graveyard that straddled the house i was staying at and the neighbor's house and every grave was a thompson huh. and there was a baby gravestone <laughs> i don't have any pictures i should have took pictures and kept them but there was um, there was a little gravestone that was definitely for like a little kid so i wonder that was weird it was right next to your house yeah, like it was in the backyard and it was in between my house and the neighbor's house, like on the property. 
Yeah, that's interesting because I wonder if like your house could have been connected to the Thompson, you know what I mean? That type of thing. Did you ever, did you know any of the history of the house at all? No, it was built in like 1876 and it like had not been um, updated since then. It still had like the, the laugh boards and, and uh, it was falling apart, like holes in the walls and, and the, it was bad. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> that, that's why every, the downstairs was completely empty. I had just read, I had painted the walls on the upstairs pretty much just lived upstairs because the downstairs was so bad. Um, but yeah. Wow. No, that's pretty incredible. That's cool. I tried yeah. to film and get some, some evidence, but nothing ever. Like I'd leave my camera. I was a media art student. Um, so I was able to take home cameras from school uh, yeah. and I would leave it just, you know, rolling all night. Never got anything, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, man. I mean, that that's one of the things too, is that it's it's not as easy as some of these shows make it look. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you kind of question. But uh, you know, I mean, like I said, I've been to investigations where you're there for hours and nothing happens, but uh it, it's great when it does though, I tell you. You know, like even um so actually and uh, for people that want to see it, so the the biggest piece of evidence that I got from the uh, the conjuring house, I think I already talked about it a little bit, but um so we had that trigger object, the cat ball. And what the story behind that was, so there's a, there's other documentaries out there about the Conjuring House. And there was one uh, that we had watched recently where the um, up in the upstairs center bedroom, there's a rocking chair. And the rocking chair rocks on its own occasionally. And so I really wanted to focus on that when we got there, um, having there have been evidence in the past. So uh, me being kind of a bigger guy, I figured I would test it, you know, go around and walk around it and kind of jump on the wood, you know, see if it was just like wood warping, you know, people walking around it. Uh, thing didn't budge. I mean, that thing is the wood, the floor is solid there. Um, so I was pretty impressed by that. And then, uh, so there was a doll sitting on the chair. So what we did is we took two of the trigger balls, the cat balls, and we put them on the chair next to the doll's leg. So it was kind of like laying against the leg. And the reason why I did that was that if for any reason, if somebody did make the rocking chair move by walking or some type of vibration, both balls would go off. They should both move, right? Mm -hmm. um, and with roll around, that's why they were against the doll's leg. Um, the incredible thing that I found was that in this video, when you watch it, only one ball goes off. So if it was the chair moving, both balls would have gone off together. You know what I mean? Um, the fact that it was just one means that that one ball was intentionally moved or even if it was just slightly, it was just that one, the other one never goes off and it goes off twice, just that one ball. So, um, if you want to check that out, it's up on our Facebook page or TikTok. Um, yeah, personally, that's like our best piece of evidence that we got from there. Um, there was a story of a young boy who, um, who was seen in that house and they were seen by the, the parent girls as well to the little boy up at that uh used to hang in the um i think they called it the fireplace closet in between two of the bedrooms uh the fireplace comes up through there and there's a little closet there um so he tended to hang around there and um i think his name his real name was henry richardson if i'm not mistaken um it was one of the uh, i think i'm one of the young sons of one of the previous families that had lived you know in that house may have that name wrong but if i did i apologize <laughs> but 
but I thought that was a really cool thing. The other thing that happened there too, we had, um, there's a little, another little trigger object, this little dog. Um, it's not in that video, but that dog a few times kind of went haywire, like it was going off and would not stop. Um, so it, it was interesting, um, especially since the boy is seen in that room a lot of the times. So, but uh, pretty cool to check it out if you want to want to take a look. But yeah, I mean, I def I'll definitely I'll probably add it onto um yeah I'll repost it and I'll probably put a link onto it. On awesome notes. So definitely. Um, if I've uh, been any long winded on any of this, I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. The long, I mean, the longer the better. The more information is is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you pretty much went over everything I had, I had wrote down. Glimmer man, mirrors. Yeah. That's I mean, I've had oh, or... there was one other thing. If you have time. Yeah. yeah. We didn't cover, uh, a Satori experience. What is, what is that? Uh, yeah, that was, um, kind of what I was talking about earlier about my own spiritual experience um so in zen it's something called satori it's kind of how I used to describe it but um I also don't want to claim to be anything like this is just an experience that I had while meditating um right. so what I meant about um but the meditation that I did personally um and this doesn't this kind of more goes into like personal spirituality but um the one of the things that I had gotten into was uh, like consciousness and that type of stuff and and there is actually a lot of movement in the ufo community in terms of like how consciousness links to uh like connection with like uh non-human intelligence you know that type of stuff is what they call it um like uh stephen greer talks about mm -hmm. it with uh you know ce5 experiences yep. uh close encounters of the fifth kind is what he calls it so it's a uh, human initiated contact with extraterrestrial intelligence type stuff um i find that stuff fascinating um, and consciousness itself and all that. And it, 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 it's kind of almost a link between spirituality and the paranormal in a way. I mean, it goes back to your, your experience with the light. You're like, yeah. I, I, I just want to know. And then it's like, <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because that is actually what led me to, um, so I started getting into this guy. Um, it's, it's the weirdest thing happened. So I was into the show called post to coast AM. It's this uh, yeah. paranormal show that plays worldwide every night. Um, if you're not familiar with it and, um, for years, I listened to it years and, and there had been like a stretch of time where, where I hadn't gotten to listen to it. And after that beam of light experience, I had this, like one day I was like, oh, I'm going to check and see who's on tonight, you know, on that show. And I went to their website and the first thing that pops up is this picture of a beam of light coming out of the sky down on to wherever. <laughs> and it was this guy who was out in Washington. He has this ranch, um, and he has these, uh, he tries to do these like contact type stuff to experience with the, you know, extraterrestrial stuff. Uh, it's this ranch called E. Seti. Um, and uh, his name is James Gilliland. Um, and I found his stuff kind of fascinating. Like it was uh, dealing with more like contactee experience, you know, with the UFOs and that type of stuff. And um, uh, even now I'm starting to like discover things like Dolores Cannon, uh, you know, and stuff like that. It's just, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, but in any case, so, um, in one of his books, he had this kind of like this meditation process to kind of get in touch with what he called universal mind. Um, and so, you know, I mean, you could look at that as like the God within uh, Buddha nature, you know, there's so many different terms that, that it's called, you know what I mean? But um, so I kind of took 
his meditation and I adapted it, I kind of made it into my own form. And, and basically what my meditation was, was I uh, focus, it's all about focusing the attention and your awareness. And um, so most of the time, most of our awareness is uh, kind of out in the, in the world that we exist in, you know what I mean? Or it's in our thoughts, in our mind, right? So we're paying attention to our thoughts and sometimes to the point where we're not even paying attention to the outside world. Um, so what I did was, is I tried to, to focus my attention and my consciousness. So I, my, the first step was to focus on the world around me, right? So, and experiencing the sounds and all that type of stuff. And, and as I did that, I would say, and, and this experience is outside of my true self. The next step was to bring it within to my body and to experience these sensations my body was feeling and to really experience it and, and pay attention to it, you know, and that type of stuff. And once I had kind of felt like I was kind of more in tune with that, I, and even this experience, this is outside of my true self. Then I brought that back, my attention into my senses. So the sight, sound, taste, smells, you know, all that type of stuff. This is all the information that our body, the vehicle that we are to exist in this dimension, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, our body's the vehicle, the senses are what makes it so that we can experience this existence. You know what I mean? That's what gives us the, the experience. And so as I kind of got more in tune with that, even my senses are outside of my true self. And then I brought myself back into the intellect, your thoughts, your mind. And once you get to that point, it's uh, basically all of the senses, your mind is what takes that information in and makes sense of it right? It processes that information and that's how you experience reality, right? But who's actually experiencing it, right? So like, so for instance, uh, so I took myself from the senses back into the mind. Now, when you're in your mind, you have, let's say, even regardless of the senses, you have your thoughts, right? Your thoughts are there. Your thoughts are running through your mind. You're always, you're paying attention to your thoughts, right? You can, you're experiencing your thoughts, which means who's experiencing those thoughts, it's not you because you're experiencing it, right? So you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are your thoughts. So I, at that point, I, I tried to bring my awareness even behind the thoughts saying that even this thought is outside of myself. And I kind of focused on that. And I tried to keep my attention and focus and awareness at that point. And it's, you hit this barrier. It, it's the weirdest thing. It's hard to describe to people. It's this barrier where your instinct almost takes over. And there was a Zen master that put it nicely. Um, I believe it was Dogen um, who said, you must let fall body and mind. And it's a really good way to put it because it basically felt like I had to be willing to die to get past it. Um, and the strange thing was, is that at one point, I, I think I was meditating for hours. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was like four or five hours, maybe even six hours. Um, like I really, I wanted it, you know what I mean? I really wanted that experience. And at one point I finally, I said, I, I don't even care. I, I want to go. I want to feel like I want to know. And I was at that point and held my attention there. And I just, I kind of just let go. And when I did, I can't even put it into words. It was like experiencing the entire totality of the universe, all time and space, everything all at once. I, it was the most incredible jolt of energy I've ever felt. Um, like even the fabric of reality changed, like it, like even just looking around my room, 
I could, it was like, I could see the fabric of reality. It was just, it, it's hard to describe, but um, at one point I even went into the oneness of everything. And I realized that I was conscious as the sound of a car horn honking. So like in traffic, somebody beeping their horn, I got, I experienced being conscious as that sound wave. Um, and the weirdness of it is what jolted me back into regular reality. I tried to like, my mind went, what is this? And as soon as I started to analyze with the intellect, back uh, into my body, the regular reality, back into regular consciousness. And I haven't been able to quite break through since I've been trying, but uh, it's, uh, sometimes it's so easy, it's hard. But, Do you uh, but that, that was my experience, but... Um, it helped me realize the, the unity of things. Yeah, that that's crazy. Um, I've heard of things like that through meditation. Yeah. Um, that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's hard it was... to do. Like I, I mean, I I can't um describe it at all or explain it. It's it's hard to put into words because it's it's one of those things. Like that's the best way I could describe it. Um. But you just have you have to experience it to know it. You know it what like, I mean? Right. It was like your intent, man. We like we talked about it. your intent was there yeah. and it happened. It it really and it does take that intention. I mean, you, you need to you have to want it, you know what I mean, type of thing if you that's if you want that experience. But um but you know, and there's there's many different ways and paths, like I said earlier with the mountain of spirituality, there's many different ways and paths to get there, you know what I mean? If if you know, meditation isn't your thing. There's, there's other things that you can do to get there. You know, there's trance and, and you know, drumming circle type stuff. And there's, uh, you know, whether it's excitatory or inhibitory, you know what I mean? There's different paths that you can get to that level of consciousness and that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a big universe too, you know, out there. So it's, uh, it's interesting to, to try to be exploring it and being a part of it. And right. it's exciting. Oh yeah. Um, I guess my last question here is, do you have a, a color changing light in your room? Uh, I do. Is Why it is it? I don't know. It, when you were talking about that, your experience just now, uh, I, I'll isolate this. I'll cut it and I'll send it to you. The screen, okay. it yeah. was, it was like, uh, it, it was, I don't know. There was a huge aura would just appear and then it'd go away and it happened three times. It was super really? weird. Yeah. I almost wanted to like stop you and then tell you, but I don't know. I'll send it to you. It could be, I don't know what it is. It, I don't think it was like the camera reacting to, to movement in any way, but it was weird. It huh. looked, it was like yellow and then it'd go back to normal and then it'd be like yellow and it'd go. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, these, so the, the lamp above me here, like all my lights in my living room, they're like, I can control them with my phone and they do change color, but I have them like stationary. So unless my fiance is messing with me, I don't know. If no, it was like right on screen. I don't know. I'll oh. send it to you. It was weird. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. I'd love to see it. That's crazy. Huh, but, interesting. Yeah. Right. As you were talking about that, it was like huh. three times. It happened three times. That's interesting. But yeah, I know. That's the, the, you know, the one thing that I want people to know too is like the I E. Like I know I've been talking about all the spiritual stuff too. Uh, 
us as a group, we we come from both standpoints. So we, we come from a standpoint of, you know, scientific investigation as well as spirituality. Uh, we tie it all in, you know, that type of stuff. And especially with like the, the medium and type stuff. So, um, so at the same time, I don't want people to think like we're like, like kind of Yahoo type stuff, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're objective. We're, you know, we try to find out the truth. That's what we're after. Mm -hmm. Um, natural or paranormal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm proud of our group. I think we have a really good team. Um, I'm really excited for the New Hampshire group. Uh, we're, um, I've got a, a seasoned investigator on there that's helping me train some of my, my newer investigators. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm proud of our organization. I, I really think we have a lot to offer. And, um, you know, I look forward to what the future brings. I'm glad I'm back with the So, but, uh, and I, and I want to thank you, Nick, for, uh, for having me on here. I really do appreciate the opportunity, you know, to kind of tell my story in a way too. But, yeah. I mean, no problem. Thank you for coming on. It's definitely exciting to uh, yeah. talk about and to find out about. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, anytime, and, um, you know, you're more than welcome to to reach out, you know, if any of our other members too, if you ever wanted to reach out again or whatever, we can, uh, you know, try to see who's available and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Um, yeah. Have a good night. Yeah, you too, man. Um, yeah, if you have, uh, if you need anything else, just reach out to me anytime. Perfect. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. Jason Engel, everyone, from P-I-N-E, Paranormal Investigators of New England. He has lived an exciting life. Um, that that the experience he talked about uh, with the light coming down. <laughs> oh, my God. That's nuts. Um, and scary. I mean, he could have... I, I would think I would have taken... I would have reacted like his friend and just wanted to get out of there. I mean, I don't, I do not want to be abducted by any aliens anytime soon, but uh, yeah, that was, that was Jason Engel from PINE paranormal investigators of new England. Um, and he's definitely uh full cannon. <laughs>